Hello, welcome to another episode of the Daily Anime Podcast. It's me, as always, Jefferson, the anime terrorist. And today, we're going to talk about Parasite the Maxim, otherwise known as Kiseiju Seino Kakuretsu. Everybody, it's good to be back and watching that anime. Today's episode is brought to you, as always, by Lone Star, the national beer of Texas. And uh, uh, Parasite is a show that literally just wrapped up yesterday. Like, um, I haven't exactly been like following it like since it came out. Because um, it's interesting, because, you know, me and my anime habits are just like, okay, all right. Ooh, who's a baseball anime? I'll watch this next baseball anime for like the next five years or whatever, or however long it takes to come out, because you know it's a shonen show. And then I'll randomly watch a show that comes out that season. I was like, yeah, okay, I got like time before class. And uh, Parasite. It was interesting. Was that I actually read the manga like years and years ago and thought, wow, this is really cool. It was like just as it came out. And I don't really keep up with manga like I keep up with anime because. Like, I'm the opposite of Tezuka. Tezuka considered, like, anime, like, his mistress, and manga was his wife. Well, I mean, anime is my wife. Manga ain't even my mistress. It's just, like, that hoe that I go see every now and then. But, um, yeah. Like, this anime actually made me feel like a young anime fan again. Because, you know, the thing about young anime fans is that it's like, oh, shit, they like fucking everything. Because everything is just kind of amazing. And, like, me, it's just like, yeah, I'll really get into, like, a sports anime and I'll keep in, keep up with that. I was like, yeah, okay, all right, the pacing's kind of slow. But, you know what, I'll forgive it because I'm I'm used to that in Shonen. And I'll just forgive Shonen for stupid shit like that. But, like, for a show that I can just love, like, love... Like, that's rare to me. And, I mean, this is Parasite. I think the last time, like, I just absolutely loved a show, which I guess wasn't that long ago. It was probably, like, Samurai Flamenco. But, um, yeah, I guess to just give a little bit of information about the show, it's a madhouse show, so you know they got the money, so this shit looks good, right? Looks great. Director, Kenichi Shimizu, he's been around for a while. Um... But yeah, like, I read also read that the manga was, like, got, like, cultural awards and stuff, which makes sense, because this is a really smart show. But, like, this is one of those shows that if I was to see it on someone's top ten list, I don't know if I could just be like, oh yeah, they're new. Because this is a show that I would probably be willing to put on my top ten list. And that's, that sounds, like, crazy to me. Like, I didn't expect that. I don't look at a season and say, yeah, man, that's going to be on my top ten. Nah, nah. And I mean, I'll, I also don't usually make top ten lists. So there's that, too. But, um, but the show is just, like, really, really well-paced. The writing is fantastic. The characters 
though they may not necessarily be the most interesting, are in really interesting situations. And there are interesting characters, although they're not the human characters. Well, there's one really interesting human characters, but the interactions between them is generally pretty good. So, I guess I'll get to the premise. And the premise is based around this dude, his name is Shinichi Izumi. He's a regular high school boy, and one night, like, he dreams that, or not dreams, but he gets attacked by what he thinks is like a green snake thing. And his parents come in, they're like, yo, why are you wildin'? It's late at night, go to sleep. And he's just like, yo, this this green snake thing just attacked me, have you seen it? And they're just like, nah, just go back to sleep, you're dreaming, Right? And the next day, you know, Shinichi's normal. And then, like, his hand starts talking to him and, like, morphing into different shapes. And he's like, what? Then, you know, shit gets crazy. Because we find out that this snake-like thing is just a parasite. And it came to inhabit him and other humans. And the parasites are supposed to burrow their ways into their heads, take over the host. But this one failed and just burrowed into his hand. And... It names itself Migi because it burrowed into his right hand. Migi meaning like rights. And shortly after Shinichi discovers Migi, there is a series of what is called the mincemeat murders where people are being cut up into what is basically almost unrecognizable meat, partially devoured, and everyone's freaking out. No one is really sure what's going on except Migi and the other parasites. And... He knows that these parasites can transform into, like, these monsters with blades, etc., etc., right? And throughout the show, Migi and Shinichi, as they learn more about the parasites and encounter them in everyday spaces like the home, the school, and, like, other places in the cities like the cafe, they encounter them, talk with them, ask, what are the parasites? Why were they born? And oftentimes it would end in a fight where Migi and Shinichi kill the other parasite. It's not like um it's not like a robot show where it's like a monster of the week it's just more like there is a development of like the mystery of the parasites and an eventual like narrative conclusion um but uh, yeah that's the premise it's super super interesting like the questions it brings up it estranges humanity cannibalism and environmentalism and i like a lot of the things that it has to say like we understand pretty quickly that the parasites um we're not entirely sure where they're from not sure why they're here some people guess that they're here to like lower the human population that has already gone up too high sort of malthusian um but and i think like malthus plays a role into this and if you don't know who Malthus is he's this dude who's just like yo overpopulation is a thing um and people talking about overpopulation and like the potential scary future we're gonna go in with overconsumption um often cite Malthus about you know maybe some people should die or maybe it wouldn't be bad if people died right because overpopulation is going to lead to overconsumption of resource, eventually resource conflicts, and whatever, whatever, whatever. 
Now, this doesn't really talk so much about, like, resource conflict as it is just, like, yo, um, humanity is at the top of the food chain, and humanity has grown too big and probably needs some type of predator. And this is just, like, what if this was the predator? And I think... Seeing people, like, basically minced apart like meat, um, it's a pretty gruesome show, so if you have a light stomach, I don't suggest it, but I think that just really is strange as consumption. It doesn't conclude with, like, like the need for vegetarianism or anything like that, and it's not a particularly sentimental show, although there are sentimental, I think, human values, or what is human what would be human values like family and relationships motherhood being attached to your mom etc etc um at the end the show is just like yo y'all have this fetish of like saving the earth but the earth it's not a person that you can just relate to it's not like an organism that loves you the earth can kill you anytime at once And if you are to actually care about the earth, that is you recognizing that you have self-interest in not just killing and destroying all your other animal relatives. That even if you are a parasite, I think that the parasite is actually meant to stand in for humanity, that you can have a symbiotic relationship. As opposed to one of active exploitation where you destroy shit and you kill the host because you need the host to survive. Uh, Which, you know, I think is a fairly Japanese thing. And explains to me why, um, what's his name? Um, Hitoshi Iwaki won, like, the cultural awards. Because there's that very basic um, theme that, like, stretches back to Tezuka and probably before Tezuka of this non-sentimental environmentalism that's just like yo um y'all need to slow down (laughs) but it doesn't reach to the point of you know maybe we need to radically restructure society which i kind of wish that they kind of went there because that's technically the next step that's that's the next step is a radical reformation of human society so that we don't have an industrial economy that is causes us to be the harmful parasite but um that's 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 me that's my political point of view that's bleeding into the show you don't have to believe that you don't necessarily have to agree with the show either but i mean you know it's a good show and i guess i kind of spoiled it but that's a thematic point not a plot point I think you can still enjoy the show and see what comes about in these interesting character interactions with the parasites. To me, at least, if a sci-fi anime has, or anything sci-fi in general, has me thinking about these things, then that means that that is a very good sci-fi anime, because that is the whole point of it, is to estrange a particular thing in human society— to take one notion and elevate it to plot point to provide social critique. Which is which is why I think the show is really good. It fulfilled 
the basic requirement to sci-fi and went beyond criticizing humanity and in a sense reaffirming humanity and waiting for humanity's reformation anyways it's been a while i'm i'm pretty irregular with this i'll be irregular with it for a while longer i'll try and get back on the boat um as always you can contact me at on twitter at daily anime pod or daily anime podcast at gmail.com or Leave a comment on the website, dailyanimepodcast.com. So, alright, it was wonderful to have y'all listen to the show. I would love, I would absolutely love feedback. Now it's time for me, Jefferson, to sign off. <laughs>